The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teachings, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogues there was a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsed him, and in a loud cry came out of him. And all were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, y'all. And happy Lord's Day. Thank you. Guys, again, welcome to the baseball team. Uh, it's good to have y'all here. <clears throat> you know, um, last weekend we had these little Vietnamese nuns that were here, and many of y'all heard their testimony. It was super powerful, the work that they do in uh, Vietnam and uh, building those graves for the aborted babies. And y'all bought a whole bunch of stuff to support them, so thank y'all very much for that. But I share a, a funny story with you with the, that little nun that gave the testimony. She was feisty um, and real bold. But whenever I met her on Saturday afternoon when they got here, um, one of the first things she got out the car and she looked at me, she said, Oh, Father, I watch you all the time on YouTube. <laughs> and my little heart was like, Oh, good. Like, this is great. <laughs> We're kind of weird like that. We like when nuns compliment us. Um, and then she says, But you're much more better looking on YouTube. <laughs> It's like, thank you, sister. Way to keep you humble. Has nothing to do with the homily. <laughs> Guys, today we have this um, incredible story of Jesus performing an exorcism. And any time I, I like to speak to men, um, I love them to go to Mark's gospel. They always ask, Father, where do I start reading the Bible? That's a big old book. I don't like books, but I want to start reading the Bible. And I say, go to Mark. Mark is kind of written uh, in a, a masculine mentality. He's he, he portrays Jesus as exorcist. Jesus is on the go, right? He's performing exorcism and he's healing and he's raising, peace, raising people from the dead. Uh, Mark is not a man of many words. So we see this exorcism happening, but let's back up. What is this? This is Mark chapter 1. This is the very, 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 very beginning of Jesus' ministry, right? This is his first miracle that he does in his public ministry. And so what happens is first in Mark, he says, Jesus gets baptized. And then from the baptism, he goes out into the desert, and he goes into the desert where he does battle with Satan for 40 days. And then he comes out of the desert, and he begins to proclaim the kingdom of God is here. Now, if Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom of God is here, that presumes that the kingdom belonged to somebody else. And indeed it did. It belonged to, G to, to Satan, the prince of darkness, right? He was the prince of the world, and Jesus comes to reclaim that which first in the Garden of Eden belonged to the Father. And then sin enters. And so Jesus comes to reclaim the kingdom. So he says the kingdom of God is here. And then he begins to do something really cool. Jesus then goes and starts to call his apostles to him. In verse 16, he begins to call Peter and Andrew, James and John, the first four. 
And I love this image right here because as this is how Jesus began his ministry. He knew that this was going to be a grueling three years. And he first called amongst himself a band of brothers to be able to fight with him, to be able to go and bring about the kingdom of God with him. He called a band of brothers with him. And the first thing he had to do was that he had to win their hearts. He had to let them know the team that they were going to play for is going to be an incredible team, right? And so that's why Jesus goes straight to Capernaum. And he begins to preach and expel demons. Now this is a, a different thing that happens. Jesus starts teaching in the synagogue and he says, he taught them as one who had authority. And y'all know what that is, especially as baseball players, right? How important is it that you believe in your coach? Pretty important, right? I mean, if you don't believe in your coaches, then you're just not going to play as well, right? You, you play because you really respect your coach. You want to do well, right? And, and that coach, I believe, um, presents a certain authority to you, which is good. You've got to believe in him. And there's, I think, probably two different types of coaches, right? There's some coaches who've never played the game, but they know it. Right? And you can trust what they're saying because you trust that they know the game well enough. Right? And so when they're helping you bat right or they're helping you throw right or whatever's happening, um, you trust them because they know the game. And then you have another type of coach, right? You have the other coach that, uh, that played the game, who was in it, who did well and wanted to make a whole career of his life playing baseball. And that kind of coach has a different authority, doesn't he? He has an authority that comes from a lived experience of the game. He knows what it's like to wake up early and get out into the field and put in the extra hours. He knows the gruel of it. He knows the, the, the strength that it takes. He knows the efforts that it's going to take. He's not just going to tell you how to bat right or how to run a little bit better or how to catch right. He's going to probably get out there and do it with you because you know he did it himself. And I think that's kind of what happens in this. They look at him they said, Jesus speaks with authority and not like the scribes. You see, the scribes knew the game, and they knew it well. They knew the law of Moses. And if you follow what they were saying, you were going to get to heaven. But Jesus comes with a different authority, and his is a divine authority. And people are like, who is this guy? He speaks with authority and not like the scribes, right? So I think this is a really cool thing because Jesus has to win the hearts of these men that are going to follow him. He's got to reach deep inside of them and say, look, I know that you're searching for something more than just fishing every day. So come on, watch this. Jesus pulls them around him, goes in the synagogue, and watch what happens in this conversation between Jesus and this man who's possessed. First thing he does is he expels this demon. So Jesus comes in and a man is there and it says, this is the man speaking, but the demon is speaking through him. He says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. <laughs> like, this is fantastic, right? The first thing the demons recognize is a divine authority that Jesus has, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. And they say, have you come to destroy us? <laughs> well, if I was Jesus, I'd have been like, yep, <laughs> that's exactly what I come to do, right? He's going to destroy Satan and his dominions. And he says, we know who you are, the Holy One of God. 
right? Notice that the first thing to proclaim who Jesus is is a demon. It's a demon. They're the ones who tell people, He's the Holy One of God. That's Him. And what does Jesus do to him? Immediately, Jesus rebukes him and says, Be silent. Come out of him. He silences the demon and calls him out of this man. Now, I think this is really incredible. What begins to happen at this point is a battle begins to take place in this man's life. And this is what the battle looks like. The unclean spirit began to convulse the man, throwing him all over the room, and he begins to cry out in a loud voice, and he comes out of him. Like this man is in the biggest battle of his life. He's in a battle for his soul. And Jesus is looking at this man and he's loving this man and he's calling out this demon because the man is possessed. And notice what Jesus doesn't do. Jesus doesn't just sit there and look at him and say, oh, it's okay, you're possessed. Oh, bet. I'm just going to walk with you and let you stay possessed because I love you so much. <laughs> he doesn't do that, does he? No, Jesus looks at this man. He loves this man. He created him in his own image and likeness. And he sees this man in bondage, possessed by a demon. And Jesus says, no, I'm not going to let you stay like that. I'm going to love you where you're at. Yeah, and I'm meeting you where you're at. But I love you so much, I'm not going to let you stay there. I'm not going to let you stay possessed. I'm going to call that demon out of you so that you can be free. You can be set free from that thing and live a whole new life. You see, that's what Jesus does. And I think it's awesome what happens in this moment because the people see it. I mean, this exorcism happens right in front of them. And they see this take place. And they're like, who is this? Who even the unclean spirits obey him? And he speaks with authority over them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what your image of Jesus is, but this is the image that Mark gives us. It's Jesus who is engaged in a battle for the salvation of souls. And I guarantee you, this guy, I don't think this guy ever wanted to be possessed again. <laughs> I don't think he ever thought like, oh, you know what? Those days were so much fun. I wish I could go back and be possessed by a demon. <laughs> it doesn't happen. I'm sure this guy was ecstatic. He was never the same again. He lived his life in a whole different way because he never wanted to be possessed by that demon ever again. It's important that we see this. The first thing Jesus does is gather about him a band of brothers. And then he exercises divine authority to win over them, to let them know who he is. You see, I, I think it's important for us to realize these guys. Um... <clears throat> Because we all have our own demons, don't we? I don't know about you, but I have plenty of them. I know them, and they know me. And, and every single person that has ever struggled with their own demons, whatever they might be, you name them, right? You can call them demons, you can call them sins, you can call them vices, you can call them my imperfections. You call them what you want, but at the end of the day, it's these things that we deal with that have some sort of possession over us. I, and I hear it all the time, Father, I hate that I do this. I can't get rid of this, Father. I struggle, I fight, I try, I put up a good fight, but I can't seem to break free from this bondage that I feel. I can't seem to shake that part of, of my life. You know what I'm talking about, right? We all have these. 
And I think it's important for us to realize that if I want to get over any of these things, I first got to do something very important. I've got to gather about me a band of brothers. I got to have guys that I'm willing to go into a battle with and I know that they're going to have my back. And that we're all pushing forward for the same goal, which is heaven. I got to have a band of brothers with me that is going to love me in my brokenness, but not let me stay in my brokenness. They're going to want to call me out whenever I need to be called out. They're going to encourage me when I need to be encouraged. And they're not going to let me stay where I'm at because they're going to call me higher, right? I think that's one of the first things that we got to do is we got to get us friends, brothers, sisters who are going to band around us to overcome these things. You know, I think that's really cool. There's this really awesome song that I just came across. Um, it's called Brother. It's a really cool song. And, and this is some of the lyrics. Just listen to it. It's, to me, it's the battle cry of every masculine heart. It says, Brother, let me be your shelter. Never leave you all alone. I can be the one you call when you're low. Brother, let me be your fortress. When the night winds are driving on, be the one to light your way and bring you home. Like a brother who's a shelter, a brother who you know has your back, a brother that you know has your best interest in mind, and whenever you're down, he's going to lift you up. You see, that in essence is what happens on a baseball team. I think there's so many parallels of baseball and faith because you can't play baseball by yourself. <laughs> you got to have a team. Can you imagine you just walk out and you just start throwing the ball up in the air and catching it? Woo, this is fun. Boop, boop. You can't do that. You're not going to get a scholarship on that. Right? Baseball takes a team, and that team's got to work together, and that team's got to believe in each other. That team's got to build each other up, right? If there's division in the team, what happens? You don't play as well. It's just the truth. And so that's a great, great gift that baseball shows to us, and that baseball has a, has a plan, right? It's got a goal. You're all trying to get home. You know, I love it whenever the bases are loaded and the guy on third base is about to run home, Right? And there's that moment where you're on third base, you don't know exactly where that ball went, but you got a coach who's up at the front, and he's telling you, go, 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 come on, go. And you can't sit there and make a decision, do I go, do I don't go, do I run, do I stay, what do I do? No, you got to trust the coach. you got to know that he's got your best interest in mind, he's got the game in mind, he's got the team in mind, right? And so you take off running and you do what you got to do, and also he believes in your gift. He knows how fast you can go, and he's going to push. And he wants to have that moment where you cross that home plate, right? We got to believe those things. We got to push towards those things. And that brotherhood is going to bring us home. That's what Jesus did. He brought a band of brothers with him and began to go into this battle because we can't do this alone, guys. Trust me, I've tried. It doesn't work. Can't play baseball alone. You can't get to heaven alone. Just the way it rolls. Right? And so this is what, we, uh, what we're called to. This is the greater call, right? This is the greater call. And so if we're going to continue to encourage each other whenever we're low, we're going to be a shelter for our brothers whenever we need that, then, then we have to be willing to <clears throat> invite them along the way and not be afraid, right? Not be afraid. And so today in this Mass, think about that. You know, who do you have walking with you like this, like what Jesus has? This band of brothers that you can trust. And not just in a ball game. I'm talking about the, the game of life, right? The game of life. That we're all in the same, we're all playing together. 
And as Christians, we can't be divided. We've got to be united, right? That's the only way we're going to win this, is to be united. And so today, think about that. Lord, who do I have that's helping me get to heaven? Who is that in your life? And if you don't have someone, ask the Lord, Lord, send me somebody, right? Send me a band of brothers that's going to encourage me, that's going to challenge me, that's going to see something better inside of me than I even see inside of myself. So that's how I see it anyway when it comes to baseball and faith. That's the great gift that we get to see when we watch you guys play this semester. It's going to be awesome to watch y'all play. I was watching y'all scrimmage the other day. It's going to be a good, a good season. So we come together today thanking God for the gift of church, for the gift of brotherhood, for the gift of sisterhood, and ask the Lord today that if there's demons that I'm fighting with inside of me, that he will have authority over that. Jesus will speak into that in my life. And maybe he does that through the voice of your brothers and sisters and calls that out of us so that we can be set free and no longer have to live in bondage in that way any longer. Amen?